Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in LA Gridiron Weekly on a Saturday here in Los Angeles. So excited to be with you as always. I'm Kirk Borson, <clears throat> excuse me, whoa, the eight-year NFL veteran of the National Football League, bringing you football talk each and every Saturday, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., following my guy, Dr. Clapper. Great show as always. Always nice little lead-in as we talk NFL football, talk college football, talking even high school football, and even some local sports around here that um, – that draw some big attention a lot of times, but so excited to be with you all here. The call in number 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. You can reach me on Twitter and Instagram, Twitter and Instagram. I got a couple of Instagram messages that I will definitely read on from people who message me during the week and answer, want me to answer questions. So I have all of that. Don't forget to message me on Instagram, on Twitter at Kirk. Morrison. So, so much to get to on this program. We got my guy, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk. We're going to talk uh, a lot of things NFL, National Football League, all the national storylines. So we'll get into that. And also we obviously, obviously get into some of our local teams as well. And uh, think about this, maybe stretch a little bit to the desert in uh, Las Vegas. So look, packed show. Can't wait to get to it. So uh, without further ado, it's time for that opening kickoff, everybody. And with the flash of the cameras going on. It's time for the opening kickoff. Uh, Opening kickoff this week is brought to you by my Twitter handle again, at Kirk Morrison. Look, the sponsor will be in soon, everybody. We're all working together. I need you, the listeners, to keep listening. Keep giving me the feedback, and we'll get more sponsors for our football family here on LA Gridiron Weekly. But the opening kickoff this week, I want to talk to you about what happened this past Thursday. So this past Thursday, the Rams had a open practice, right? All the fans were able to come into SoFi Stadium. It was just amazing. Now, I didn't attend, but I talked to many different people who were in attendance at SoFi Stadium on Thursday for the open practice. And the sense that I got from the pictures that I saw, from the videos that i seen, it was just great to see fans inside of SoFi Stadium. Just great to see fans and people. People see there's the the seats that they'll be sitting in, get a chance to see the players, all of that. I had talked to one person who was in there, and he said, you know what it reminded him of? He It reminded him, and I'll, I'll put this vision out there for everybody to listen to. Think about if you've ever been to a professional sporting event before the game starts. Like when they open the gates, whether it's in the NBA and you get there early and the building slowly starts to fill up and you're watching the players out there doing warm-ups as they get ready for the game. Or it's like when you go to an early baseball game and you've got fans you know, trickling in and they're watching batting practice as the players warm up. And it's the same thing in the NFL when they allow those gates to open and all the fans rush down to hopefully get an autograph or a picture with one of their favorite players as they warm up. But you always got that feel as people started to trickle in, as they started to come into the stadium and you start to feel that this was a big event about to happen and the momentum was there. You felt it like this is going to be fun. That's what I got from a couple people who I talked to that that 30,000 fans that were there seemed a lot bigger because it just seemed like it was so much more. And for all those fans who were there on on Thursday, 
uh, definitely give me a call. Let me know what you thought about it. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Let me know what you thought about walking into SoFi Stadium for the first time. Walking into SoFi Stadium, seeing the players and the big Oculus overhanging the field. Um, having been to uh, SoFi uh, pro- multiple times, I can tell you it does. It gives you goosebumps every time you go in. So definitely want to see uh, or hear from someone who was there on Thursday to just kind of give us their perspective on just the open practice, how it was seeing the players and uh, just being excited about football. Well, that was supposed to be the headline on Thursday, right? Rams open practice. But this week, uh, or should I say earlier in the day, the headline was sort of created. A headline was created because uh, this week uh, host people from the NFL were out. I had a chance to meet up with some of the people who are coming out for the Super Bowl coming up. So the NFL sends their search committees and, you know, the, the, the Super Bowl is already happening. We know that. But now a lot of site surveys. So they go in chance to visit different places, different venues. We know that the L.A. Convention Center will be the site of the NFL fan experience. You know that the the team hotels where they're going to be at. And, you know, a, a lot of the venues, which will be for the media night, will be at SoFi Stadium. So I'm learning all of this and, and, and you know, meeting with some of my uh, people with the NFL. And there was also the... Super Bowl sort of committee um, press conference or a little media session. And Sean McVay, head coach of the Rams, was asked some questions, not necessarily about the uh, Super Bowl, but just about his team. And so Sean McVay was asked, you know, how is he a better coach this year? And this is what Sean McVay had to say. I mean, had to say about him being a better coach Maybe because Matthew Stafford's on his team. Well, I think his experiences, when you listen to the different great coaches he's been around, experiences he can draw on, he's just a wealth of knowledge. And being able to get his perspective with so much that goes on at the quarterback position, it's been really enlightening. Uh, he's got a great, consistent energy day in and day out. can tell that uh, you know he's, he's, uh, he's been really fun to work with, really just like the steadiness and the consistency of him day in and day out. And, and we're looking forward to really having a lot of fun this season. So, yes, McVay, will he be a better coach this year? I would think so. He's a year older, more experienced. He's already – this would be his fifth year as a head coach in the NFL. I feel like he just got here yesterday. He's already been a head coach for four years in the NFL, and this will be year number five. But the one thing I know about Sean McVay in the four years he's been a head coach and also having ties with him prior to that when he was an offensive coordinator in Washington back in his days in Tampa as well as an assistant – the one thing about Sean McVay, he is he, he understands the media. He knows the right things to say. He knows how to move around certain questions. So the headline from Thursday was the comments that he made about being in a better mood this year as a coach. Here's the comment from Sean McVay. I think I've been very happy. Everybody says, man, you just seem like you're in a better mood this offseason. I said, you're damn right I am. So this guy, uh, he's a special guy. I think uh, one of the best ways that I can describe him, when you hear people that have been around him, there's a, there's a known confidence where when he walks into a room, you always feel his presence, but he's got a great humility about himself uh, that everybody loves being around him, and, and he's one of those guys that I think is a true igniter. It makes everybody around him better. 
I feel like I've become a better coach in the few months that we've been able to spend together, and uh, we're looking forward to doing a lot of good things together. Well, that was the comment. And boy, did Twitter get to blazing. Did it, people and comment, oh, you're in a better mood now because you don't have Jared Goff. Oh, he's taking a shot at Jared Goff. That's a dig at Jared Goff. Oh, he's in a much better mood because he thinks he's got a better quarterback. And oh, man. And I'm saying, well, as a former player, I'm listening to that. And I don't necessarily hear that. But people outside are going to twist words and say, oh, that's a shot at Jared Goff. That's a shot at Jared Goff. And I'm saying, I don't believe it, but man, that to some, that was a shot. Maybe it was. Well, I mean, for people out there listening, do you think those comments were directed at Jared Goff or was it more about what I say about the NFL, which is we're in the offseason. Everybody is undefeated. All 32 teams are undefeated. No one's won. No one's lost. Everyone feels good. We're all smiling. You're having fun. Everyone's saying, oh, how our offense is going to be great. Think about it. Every team, every report that you've read around the National Football League, no one's saying, oh, we're going to be bad. We're going to be terrible. Everybody, oh, my God, we're we're clicking on all cylinders. We're going in the right direction. Oh, everybody's healthy. It's all smiles and giggles. And I'm saying, I would be in a good mood, too. Like, I would be in a good mood in the offseason that a lot of my players are vaccinated. My coaches are vaccinated. Um, I got a quarterback who I, I think can take us to the next level. Um, you know, I just got players who are there. We drafted well. Yeah, I would always tell people, yeah, I'm in a better mood this year. I'm in a good mood because we ended last year with the loss to the Green Bay Packers. So am I in a better mood? Yes, I'm in a better mood because I think the situation this year is that we're going to be a better football team. That's what I think Sean McVay was saying. But yet. That's not how some people took it. And so after that earlier press conference, that earlier sound that he had just talking about, obviously, Matthew Stafford and his better mood, Sean McVay had to clarify during the open practice, everybody. Think about it. The open practice about the Rams and the fans coming to SoFi, and Sean McVay had to go out of his way to clarify the comments that he made earlier, which I still don't believe was that bad. But here's Sean McVay having to clarify, people, clarify his comments from earlier. Wanted to start off, you know, I, I hate that I even have to say this, but I think uh, I made a comment earlier that was definitely taken out of context. I am very excited. I have been in a good mood because of the confidence I have in this team. But by no means is that a slight to anybody, you know, like Jared, who has done a phenomenal job for the last four years here. You know, I, I hated that I even have to address that, but. I do think out of respect for him and all the good things he's done, I am in a good mood, but that doesn't mean it's not because we're working together uh, or because of just Stafford exclusively. There's a lot of good things going on that I feel really good about and I'm confident about. So don't twist my words when I didn't say that. All right. Thank you. (laughs) That was Sean McVay from Thursday telling everybody, don't twist my words. You know what? I need a T-shirt. Let's, let's, play, let's make a T-shirt right now. I'm going to go find a T-shirt and tell people, don't twist my words. Yes. So if uh, hopefully I can get that copyright out there right now because I know that T-shirt is going to be fire. That may be something to talk about all season long. It could be a, 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 a battle cry for this year's Rams, 2021 Rams. Don't twist my words. 
What are your thoughts on that? What do you think about all of this that happened on Thursday? Sean McVay talking about being in a better mood. Matthew Stafford, was it a shot at Jared Goff? I want to hear from you. Let me know. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. I got more calls coming. I got some comments from this week and messages people want me to answer. I have all of that coming up. But, But next, last a couple weeks ago, couple weeks ago i talked about it on this actual program if you've been listening you already know but if you haven't been listening to la gridiron weekly two weeks ago i told you actually three weeks ago i'm sorry three saturdays ago look at me three saturdays ago i told you about a sneaky game for the rams and nobody was talking about it a sneaky game for the Rams that nobody's talking about. And I said, this may be the game that people need to watch. Must-see TV. You may need to watch it. Nobody believed me. Well, after this week, a lot of people will start to believe what I was talking about. I'll tell you all about that coming up next here on L.A. Gridiron Weekly on 710 ESPN. Back here on L.A. Gridiron Weekly. 877-710-ESPN is the number, 877-710-3776. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. He's coming up at 10 a.m. We're going to be talking a lot of what's going on with the drama in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers. We got some college football talk again, man. Shout out to all my college football folks and fans out there. I've been digging the messages, been digging the uh, reception of talking college football, and I got some college football talk coming up in the second hour as well. So, again, 877-710-ESPN is the number, 877-710-3776. Make sure you call in at Kirk Morrison on Twitter, at Kirk Morrison again on Instagram. Three weeks ago here on LA Gridiron Weekly, three weeks ago, I don't like to toot my own horn, But sometimes I can pat myself on the back. When you do things great, you know what? We all deserve a pat on the back. I think we all do, right? You do something good or you say something good, and all of a sudden you're like, that was pretty good. You pat yourself on the back. Well, this is one of those moments, and I'm going to pat myself on the back because the NFL schedule was released, right? We had Charlotte Carey. She's the director of broadcasting for the NFL. She told us how the schedule was made and some of the games that, that are, and, and you know, the, how SoFi Stadium will be on display because they'll have fans. Where last year, they didn't have fans. And it was, a, it was an empty stadium that looked beautiful, but it was empty. And she just talked about how many games, uh, national televised games, will be in SoFi between the Rams, the Chargers, and and even Allegiant Stadium. They'll have three games, the Raiders, in their brand-new stadium. So the new stadiums will be on display. I can't wait. But the one thing that she – I looked at the schedule. The Rams have five primetime games. That's right, five. Three of those games are against division opponents, the NFC West opponents, San Francisco, Seattle, and Arizona. Well, those three games are all on the road. The Rams have two games at home in prime time, Chicago and the other team that I'll talk about. Because everyone was talking about these sneaky good games for the Rams. Oh, the Packers game. Oh, the the, the Tampa Bay, Tom Brady coming to L.A., 
Oh, the divisional games. They can't beat San Francisco. Yeah, that game's going to be in prime time. All, all that good stuff. But for me, it was a sneaky game, and nobody was talking about it. I want you to take a listen to this. Three weeks ago, this is what I had to say about the Rams' sneaky game. Sneaky good game, right? Is it a division game? No. I know what I'm going to get between Rams-Seahawks, Rams-49ers, and Rams versus Cardinals. I know what I'm going to get. Oh, it must be Rams at Packers. No. Still, that's not it. Oh, no, no, no. Wait, wait. Oh, I get it. Rams at Ravens. No. Mm -mm. Oh, no, no. Week three, Rams versus Buccaneers. Tom Brady coming to SoFi Stadium. That's got to be it. Nope. Nope. Because I saw it last year. I know what it looks like. The sneaky good game for me, sneaky good game for me, November 7th. Sunday night football, Rams at SoFi Stadium at home taking on the Tennessee Titans. And you're going to say, what? The Tennessee Titans? Are you serious? Sneaky good. Sneaky good game. (laughs) Sneaky good game indeed. Titans, Rams at SoFi Stadium, November 7th, Sunday night football. Three weeks ago, I proclaimed it as the best sneaky good game of the season that no one's talking about. Well, that game has now been magnified. Now, the people of NBC are probably happy. They're circling that game now because, it for me, it was just a matchup of Derrick Henry or Derrick 2K or was it King 2K for him rushing for over 2,000 yards, A.J. Brown. Ryan Tannehill, team that went to the playoffs last year, coming into L.A. to take on Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and also Matthew Stafford. But this week, the game, I've said, is now magnified because the Atlanta Falcons traded wide receiver Julio Jones and the 2023 six-round pick to those same Tennessee Titans for a 2022 second-rounder, a 2023 fourth-rounder, The Titans said, you know what? We'll take on that Julio Jones $15.3 million salary for 2021, plus his final two years of the contract, which probably they may rip up and do the contract over again. But let's understand this. Julio Jones is now a member of the Tennessee Titans. I was hoping to get it again in terms of, remember Jalen Ramsey's first start as a Ram was against Julio Jones and the Atlanta Falcons. Now we know on November 7th, Add another premier wide receiver to the Jalen Ramsey hit list. Ramsey Jones, too. Can you believe that? It'll happen again November 7th. So, wow, that game right now, Titans-Rams. And look, it's also a review of, uh, Jesse, help me out. What was that, Super Bowl 30? I can't even remember. Where two, I just remember it was in 2001. It was actually, look how, how everything comes full circle. The Rams beat the Titans in Atlanta to win the Super Bowl. Dick Vermeil was the head coach. Kurt Warner was the MVP. And think about that, how everything comes full circle. Now an Atlanta receiver goes to Tennessee. They'll take on the Rams. Oh, man, it's just oh, it's just fun. But you know what? A lot of people had some thoughts on this. Uh, whenever you hear Adam Schefter has something to say, here's Adam Schefter this week talking about why the Tennessee Titans made the move for Julio Jones. I think he wanted to be 
around a team that had a chance to win. I, I think, honestly, he wanted it out of Atlanta. He wanted to move on. And this is ultimately where it came in at, to the Tennessee Titans. There were other teams that asked around about Julio, the Rams, the 49ers, the Eagles, the Bears. Like People asking around. But the Titans were the most serious the entire time, and they were the team in the end uh, that made it happen. They made it happen. Uh, and I mentioned it was Super Bowl 34. Appreciate it, Jesse. Super Bowl 34. Put it like this, 22 years ago, because we know February 13th of 2022, uh, Super Bowl 56 will be taking place here in Los Angeles. So Super Bowl 34, look, in Atlanta, Titans, Rams, and for everybody who is a Mike Jones fan, Mike Jones tackling Derek Mason um, and say keeping him out of the end zone, securing that victory for the Rams. Oh, man. But look, our own Keyshawn Johnson, obviously, Keyshawn, former wide receiver, played a long time in the National Football League, former first overall pick. He does have some concerns about Julio Jones. Here's Keyshawn's concern with Julio's health. Julio, again, he's as good as ever. When he's healthy, but health is an issue. And when he's healthy, what is his usage rate? What are you going to do with him? Are you going to have him out there blocking all damn game? Or are you going to change your philosophy and get your money's worth and make him a focal point of your offense? Now you take it away from A.J. Brown. Yeah, you've, you've got a compliment of wide receivers. I think this was a great move for Tennessee. You had to make this move. Because you feel like your window is right there. Two years ago, they're in the AFC Championship game. They're playing Kansas City. Now they lost, and Kansas City goes on to win the Super Bowl that year. But last year, they won the division again, and they got upset in the wild card round by the Baltimore Ravens. They needed more firepower. They actually need more of a pass rush. They got that with Bud Dupree this offseason. But they needed another big play threat. They needed. We all know. We've been watching the NBA. We've been watching all of these different sports. It's one thing to have one guy. But when you got two guys, three guys, it's everything in sports has to be about a big three, right, or a big four, whatever. You need multiple players, not just one guy you always have to count on. If you've got multiple guys that you can count on, makes things a lot, I won't say easier, but it helps you kind of get through a season and get to where you need to go in the postseason. But not everybody thinks this is a good deal for the Tennessee Titans. Here's Chris Carlin. He was on Mike Greenberg's show this week on Greeny saying, you know, maybe Julio, this may be not the best move. Here's Chris Carlin. This is somebody that you invested the fifth overall pick in that you finally started to see the returns that you wanted this past year. And and yet, you let him walk away to get a much older receiver, somewhat injury-prone, giving away a valuable draft pick, and taking on massive financial implications into a system that is not exactly a huge passing offense, a massive benefit to the receiver. I could not disagree more. And the player that he was talking about, and this is how everything comes full circle. All right, you want to know full circle? When he said they invested in a player in the fifth overall pick, the player that they were talking about is Corey Davis, who they let go in free agency. Corey Davis was the other pick in the first round that the Rams traded to the Titans to get Jared Goff. So, yeah, it, everything always comes full circle. Corey Davis, yes, he started to become, uh, you know, got into four years, played well, but he wasn't that guy, right? Corey Davis, good player, 
but he wasn't Julio Jones. And everyone is saying, oh, this is a run-heavy offense. Yeah, there's still going to be a run-heavy offense. But having Julio Jones on the field, I want to make sure you know this, as a defensive player, former defensive player in this league, I go into a meeting on Wednesday and I'm like, I am scared to death of Julio Jones because he can get behind the defense. We have to have a safety deep, corners playing deeper. You're not going to have a lot of one-on-one opportunities on the outside. You're going to have to figure out how do we contain these wide receivers, but, oh, we still have to have enough men near the line of scrimmage to stop Derrick Henry. I think this is a great fit for them. I'm not saying they're a Super Bowl-caliber team, but people don't understand that the Tennessee Titans were fourth in the NFL in scoring offense last year. Fourth! Not 30th, not 25th, not 15th, fourth. Yes, the Tennessee Titans got better with Julio Jones, and in my opinion. And now it gives Ryan Tannehill a opportunity to show what more he can do as a quarterback in with a year 10, you know, as he's getting up there in years. It's probably the best group of skill position players he's ever had to work with. And I think this will be great for them. And this is an AFC team, not an NFC team. The AFC, a lot stronger than the NFC. Let's be honest right now. A lot more teams in that AFC, okay? Whether it's Buffalo, whether it's Baltimore, whether it's Kansas City, right? We can throw Cleveland in there. You can throw, uh, God, I think the New England Patriots. I mean, this is, you throw a Carson Wentz going to Indianapolis, the AFC is going to be tough. So when I call it a sneaky good game for the Rams, it is. It will be the sneakiest good game that I'm now excited to watch on November 7th at SoFi Stadium, Titans-Rams. So much, so much within that game, and I cannot wait for that matchup. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Your thoughts, your calls, I got some reaction. I'm going to read a couple of tweets and messages from last week as well from people who've been messaging me wanted me to talk uh something that they wanted to just get an answer clarification on i got you also too a little uh a little something just came down from thursday about the ongoing drama in green bay wisconsin i'll tell you more about that coming up next here on la gridiron weekly on 710 espn la gridiron weekly here on a saturday in Los Angeles, a beautiful Saturday. It's going to be a warm one today. I'm looking out outside right now, and it's going to get out, probably head around, drive around Los Angeles today, buckle my seatbelt, and listen to uh, some sports, man. The NBA playoffs are going on. Uh, my golf game is getting better, so I may even go hit the driving range later on. <laughs> so a lot to get to here still on LA Gridiron Weekly, 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. If you missed uh, the Sean McVay's comments, we may revisit them just a little bit because that's been the kind of the uproar in Los Angeles this week. Sean McVay's comments uh, about being in a better mood this year, kind of taken out of context of what he says, and we're going to find a way to get this shirt made. Don't twist my words with the Sean McVay signature underneath. So I'm working on that. If you want to help me out, let me know. Give me a call, 
ESPN eight seven seven seven. Don't twist my words. <laughs> Three seven seven six. Let me hear it again, Steve. Let me hear it one more time. Don't twist my words. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's going to be one of the new drops. You're going to hear that a lot here on LA Gridiron Weekly. Um, your phone call is still coming up next. I know this week I had a couple of uh, people. Um, Send me a message here on Twitter. So I'll read one. Uh, my guy Kent out there. So Kent, I know you messaged me. I told you I was going to read it on on on, um, on air, and I did. And so he, this is uh, basically his questions. Hi Kirk, I have a possible storyline for you. The Rams do not have a technically a defensive line coach. If they go three four, once again they have players with experience at the nose, but not necessarily the size. They always look more like a team that could be a four three defensive scheme. What do you think their intentions are on the defensive line? But also, defensive leaders for the Rams are seemingly Aaron Donald on on the defensive line, Leonard Floyd the linebackers, Jalen Ramsey for the defense for the defensive backs. Besides these three players, Kurt, the team is really young. Guys are still in their rookie contracts. A lot of rookies who don't necessarily come from the western side of the country. It seems a little shaky, especially if there's injuries to any of their veterans. It seems like if things don't go perfectly, then things will start to fall apart. I hope you can address these issues this week on the show. Well, Kent, a lot there to uh, digest because the Rams do have a new defensive coordinator this year in Raheem Morris. Brandon Staley, their defensive coordinator prior, is now the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. So will there be some scheme differences or will they be mainly 3-4-4-3? I will tell you this. The whole three four four three people, it's not really a thing to me anymore. The NFL is primarily a passing league now, right? So base defense is what usually you get your alignment four three or three four. There's not a lot of base defense being played in the NFL. There's probably I would say less than thirty percent of base defense in the NFL. Because you've got one wide, sorry, you got one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers. So a lot of teams try to implement their nickel package, their sub package, their dime package, which means you have four rushers up front or four defensive linemen. You've got maybe one or two linebackers, a slot corner, or you may bring a a safety down to be like the extra linebacker, you know, or. You just bring in extra defensive backs in the back end. So sometimes that's the base defense for a lot of teams now because everyone is all about passing the football. Now, we just talked about the Tennessee Titans a little bit earlier. and They like to gear up and run the ball, so you may see a little bit more base defense when you play certain teams, right? That's what the NFL is about, matchups. It's about scheme. It's how can I get you, uh, you know, out of your comfort zone. So I bring this up because one of his questions, well, they they have three, four, and four. They've got the personnel to play four, three, three, four because of scheme flexibility. Sean Robinson, who's lost some weight, he'll be back for the Rams this year. He's going to take on, I think, a bigger role, the role that Michael Brockers played uh, for this Rams team. Aaron Donald can play a three technique. He can play the nose. There's so many different uh, flexibility along that defensive front. Sebastian Joseph Day is a guy who can play the nose tackle spot. Greg Gaines is another guy. So they've got depth. And when you say the Rams have, you know, these leaders, yes, they have leaders on defense. We mentioned it, Floyd, Donald, and the Ramsey. But the thing about the Rams is they've got depth because they drafted depth. 
they drafted a six-round safety in Jordan Fuller last year who became the, one of their better secondary players. Same thing. I mean, they they feel so confident in the young secondary that they drafted last year, like a guy in Terrell Burgess who played a lot too, their third-rounder from a year ago, that John Johnson was able to hit the market because he was going to cost way too much for the Rams. And it's like, look, you're going to get more money elsewhere. We love you. You've done great for us, but we don't want, we don't want to pay you less. You're worth way more than what we have to offer because we just don't have a lot of money on our salary cap. The NFL is about depth. The more people who can do the job helps you out. So, yes, there's going to be young players. There's going to be players. In a 17-game season now, people, there's going to be injuries. Your depth will be tested. Depth will be tested, people. But at the same time, sometimes that depth can also come through. And you get a lot of young players with a lot of experience, and you've got a good problem to have as the season goes along where you're able to plug guys in and you don't get that significant drop-off. Yes, it's a small drop-off, but not significant. It can get you through a game or two, and it's all about being healthy in late January now as you get into the playoffs. So I don't see things going awry and things like that. Aaron Donald has been the man of steel pretty much outside of that last game against Green Bay where he was clearly a little bit banged up. Jalen Ramsey has been a guy who's been injury-free, as I knock on wood here. Leonard Floyd, same thing. You've got some warriors out there for this Rams defense, and you're excited to see them play. So 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. I think we got Mitch on line one. Let's get to, uh, let's get to Mitch. Mitch, you're on L.A. Gridiron Weekly. What's up, Mitch? How's it going, Kurt? Thanks for taking my call. Good, good. What's, what you got for me? Still have a good weekend. You know how work is. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, maybe you know, McKay was just telling the truth. I mean, he's an upgrading quarterback. He's older. Goff kind of, you know, regressed towards then. I mean, I never understood why he ran to his left and your righty. And his arm was okay and okay arm. But I love the weapons. I'm telling these teams, it's about time they got a new stand. The Rams should never have left. But I'm going back to ancient history there. And, um, I mean, here with USC, uh, I think 12 teams has got a little too too much. But if they go five or six, I think USC being in the playoffs, at least competing for it uh, pretty much every year. I know mm-hmm. it's giving you a lot. Uh, enjoy your show. We should be on more often. Thanks for taking my call. Oh, appreciate it, Mitch. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get into some college football talk. Yes, we are. We are going to get into some college football talk. We'll do that in the next hour after we have our guy, Mike Florio, of Pro Football Talk. He's coming up uh, at about 20 minutes at 10 o'clock. So we have Mike Florio on, and then we're going to get into this expansion, proposed expansion of the college football playoff. And what does this mean for USC, UCLA, mean for the Pac-12, West Coast football, all my listeners out there. So, yeah, we're going to get into that a little bit later. But, yeah, Sean McVay was definitely – talking about being in a better mood because he just feels confident in what he's got going on. I didn't take it out of context. I'm taking it as, yeah, I'm in a better mood this year than I was last year because, look, things are different. It's a fresh start. And for the first time, McVay has handpicked his quarterback. I've always said this from the beginning. Sean McVay did not handpick Jared Goff. He inherited Jared Goff. Jared Goff was already on the roster for the Rams. And he turned Jared Goff into a a uh, a highly paid quarterback in the four years that they had together. 
But for the first time, McVay had the opportunity to go out and handpick his quarterback. And they didn't want to trade up in the draft and go get a young guy and mortgage even more draft picks. They said, no, let's just get somebody who can run my offense the way that I run it. So, yeah, I would be definitely happy as well. A couple more phone calls here before we get to some of this uh, saga going on in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Let's go to Luis, man. Luis over in Riverside. What's up, Luis? Yo, yo, yo. What's up, Coach? Hey, what's going on? How you doing? Welcome to L.A. Gridiron Week. What you got for me? I I live in Riverside, but, you know, I'm over here in the O.C. right now doing some work. Okay, Um, O.C. I see you, O.C. Love the show, man. So, Kirk, I, I got I got two things uh, uh, that I want to talk about. I got uh, an idea first of uh, uh, for your shirt, and I also got a question about um, you know the Rams. Obviously, we didn't we didn't go for Julio Jones, right? Um, and I see a lot of people, you know, saying you know we should have, but but I, I think you know we we got a core of good wide receivers over here. Correct. Um, you know, obviously with uh, with uh, Cooper Cup, um, and and you know I'm, I'm really excited what Van can do this year, and also uh, you know the draft. Uh, we we got Tutu, man. We'll see how Tutu does, man. That dude is quick. Um, so um, especially now with Stafford, I think you know he's going to be able to do a, a few better things with uh, you know getting the receivers the ball and spreading spreading the ball out to everyone. Um, so I think we'll be fine, you know. Yeah. Um, when it comes to that, so for your uh, the idea for your shirt, man. So I was telling Jesse this. Um, obviously, you, you know we're we're all about the Rams, so don't twist it up. We do some some you know modifications to the little Rams logo, the little you know make it kind of you know the, the little you know. Hey, I think I think it's Mason or somebody calls it the, the D head. There you go. Sorry, the D. <laughs> don't twist it up. <laughs> and make it Rams, they could rock it. I love it, man. I'll be the first one to get one of those, man. I have to, you know man. what? Okay, we're going to make this shirt. I'm going to send it to um, Sean McVay, and hopefully he takes a picture of it. I'm going to have the LA Gridiron Weekly on there as well. Um, I will send him a shirt, and I think hopefully he can start to wear that. Don't twist my words. We're going to work on that, man. We're going to do it right here on LA Gridiron Weekly, man. Luis, hey, appreciate the phone call. Be safe today um, out there in Orange County. But yeah, I, I do like the Rams wide receiver. They're, they're, look, I think that they're the deepest wide receiving group as a whole. Right, you got Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. You add Deshaun Jackson. You already have a young Van Jefferson. Then you bring in a Tutu Atwell. Look, that that's a, a quality group. I think of wide receivers, they can get the job done. But I don't blame the Rams for not at all. I do not blame the Rams for making the phone call. The Rams are aggressive. Les Snead is aggressive, and I think it's permeating throughout the NFL. Teams are being aggressive. Everyone's always about, oh, well, we gave up a first-round pick for next year. And what's going to happen in two years? Man, the NFL is not about the future. It's about right now. You got to win today. Tomorrow is not promised. You know, think about this. People say, oh, the window, especially people here in Los Angeles. I don't, you know, don't want to bring up this tough subject, but you look at the Los Angeles Lakers, Right. The window was going to be open. The LeBron, Anthony Davis, you could bring in multiple guys. Wow, just came off one championship. They're the front runner to get back to the NBA Finals and win back-to-back championships. Did that happen? No. Injuries, other teams getting better. So when you try to say that, oh, we'll be fine or what next year, no. Worry about today. Worry about the now because those windows can close really, really quickly. 
And that's what you're seeing in the NFL. Teams are going after it now. Tennessee, making a trade for Julio, they're going after it now. Same thing with the Rams. Matthew Stafford, they're going after it now. This is not a rebuild. When you're a team that has been to the to the Super Bowl, been to a conference championship, been to the playoff, it's championship or bust. Championship or bust. That's the mentality that teams like the Rams, Titans, the Ravens, all right, same thing, Kansas City. That's why teams are aggressive. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you think that they're just resting on, oh, we won last year. They brought everybody back again. No, we want to keep this same nucleus and grow. We're going to invest more in our offensive line. We're going to draft more players to give us more depth. The NFL is about now. Don't tell me about what you're going to do with draft picks. And, oh, the Rams don't have a draft first-round draft pick until 2023. Do you think I care? <laughs> like, do you think people care? Because some coaches don't even make it to when they're able to draft that pick two years later. McVay will, but I'm just saying, like, let's not worry about the future. Worry about the now. So I like the aggressiveness of teams when they try to go after a player that will help them get to a possible championship. I love it. All right, I'm going to get to this Aaron Rodgers situation. I'm going to get to what's going on. In Green Bay, Wisconsin, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. What's going on in Green Bay, Wisconsin? I got it coming up here, next here, on LA Gridiron Weekly on 710 ESPN. On a Saturday, LA Gridiron Weekly, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. About 10 minutes away from uh, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk giving us the lowdown on the NFL, the storylines nationally, and what's going on locally, as well as, uh, I know I got a question for him too. I'm going to throw one at him. Throw him a question about what's going on in Las Vegas as well, my former team, the Las Vegas Raiders. So, But a lot has been talked about this week with what's going on in Green Bay, Wisconsin, because around the NFL, this has been for some teams, not all, for some mandatory minicamp and for some people like the 49ers who had to cancel their mandatory minicamp because the Niners got in trouble everybody the San Francisco 49ers they got in trouble they got in trouble the NFL NFLPA deemed that the 49ers are not in compliance with some of the uh, drills and practices being ran uh, resulting in a couple of injuries actually with players that they just said, you know what, we're done. We'll see you come training camp when they can go full go because, uh, yeah, <laughs> they did not uh, 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 listen to the rule. They did not abide by the rules. And so 49ers are in trouble. But around the National Football League, mandatory minicamp week for some, and some this week uh, upcoming as teams get that final little offseason work done, they take the break, and they pick things back up and late July when the training camps start. So I bring that up because mandatory minicamp is the one week, and I'll let you guys behind the curtain in just a second here, but mandatory minicamp is the one piece of off-season work that all players must attend. If you don't attend the mandatory minicamp, you are subject to being fined. Now, it can be uh, upwards for some, uh, close to $100,000, maybe a little bit less. It just depends on your contract structure. 
But if you're not there, you will be fined. And the team can uh, figure it out. A lot of guys skip mandatory minicamp sometimes because they are in a contract dispute um, and they want a better contract, a bigger contract. And so when you have all that going on, people think it sends a message to the team. It does. You know, they realize, okay, they're not going to say, oh, well, we need to get him signed. It's just like, all right, we understand that's what you want to do. And mandatory minicamp is not really that big of a deal anyway. It's just, you know, just a, basically a glorified practice. And you take a break, and we'll see you during training camp. But it's big news when a guy like Aaron Rodgers does not go to minicamp. Something that he's done every year in his career, he's shown up to the mandatory minicamp. And right now, there is just back and forth of whose side are you on? Are you on Aaron Rodgers' side or are you on the Green Bay Packers' side? There's a lot of issues right now, but Aaron Rodgers didn't show up to minicamp, so he will be fine. But here's Jeff Darlington, our NFL reporter here at ESPN, talking about the issue if Aaron Rodgers doesn't show up now to training camp. He didn't show up to minicamp, but will he show up to training camp? Here's Jeff Darlington. It's training camp for me that becomes the real trigger point because one thing we should point out about the new CBA is that he'll get fined uh, 50 grand a day for training camp. And it used to be that if you held out, you guys would, you know, kumbaya at the end of the holdout and, and forgive the missed days and those fines. You can't do that anymore. The CBA makes it so that you literally have to keep that fine imposed. It's mandatory. So 10 days of training camp is a half a million dollars. And that doesn't even get you the first preseason game. So this is a real thing when training camp hits in terms of findable money. To me, that becomes sort of the point where these two sides have to say, okay, are we going to find a way to make this work? Or is it true? Is this real? Do we really need to send Aaron Rodgers elsewhere? So to me, this is going to drag on for another month or so. Yeah, it's going to drag out. Because right now he missed the mandatory minicamp. Okay, which is ninety three thousand dollars. So for Aaron Rodgers missing the mandatory minicamp was ninety three thousand dollars that he just let go. Just think about ninety three K going. I know a lot of people out there listening like, how could you let ninety three thousand go? Well, Aaron Rodgers, he did that. But uh, look, Keyshawn Johnson had a little bit to say just because he understands what's going on. But he's just talking about how this blame game is going on. Here's Keyshawn on the whole Packers in Rogers' situation. And it also spell, says to me that there's two things right there. they either going to make him sit and force his hand to come in or they're going to trade him and realize that and it's all going to fall on Aaron either way. That's kind of what he's saying. It's like it's Aaron's fault. It's Aaron's fault that this is happening. He didn't, dis- he didn't say we are in a mess that is now dividing our fans. He didn't say that. He said Aaron is the one dividing the fans. <laughs> yeah, Mark Murphy, who's the uh, president of the Packers, uh, he talked to a gathering at Lambeau Field on Thursday, and he described Aaron Rodgers. Right? He described Aaron Rodgers as a complicated fella. He goes on to say, "I'm often reminded, though, of Ted Thompson. Uh, God rest his soul. As as most of you know, he was a general manager who passed away." Uh, for the Green Bay Packers earlier this year. And Ted Thompson often talked about Aaron Rodgers and that he's 
just it was just Aaron. A lot of different players are different. He would say that Aaron is a complicated fella. So I'll just say that. Wow. <laughs> How does this thing get re- the resolution for this? How will this get solved? Will Aaron Rodgers take a snap for the Green Bay Packers this year? I totally believe so. I don't think anything has changed from there. There's a lot of words going back and forth, but at the end of the day, I think it's one more year for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. And could he be the most sought-after quarterback in 2022, right? He'll be the story of 2022. Well, he's still going to be the story of 21, but he'll be the story of 2022 as well. Just a lot to just think about. Aaron Rodgers, possibly not a Green Bay Packer coming up this season. Do you believe that? 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Do you think Aaron Rodgers has taken, do you believe he's taken his last snap as a Green Bay Packer? Will he be traded to Denver? Who are the takers? Or do you think it would just be a one-year situation? He comes back to Green Bay and then see you in 2022. How do you think it will play out? Ah, we shall see. I know somebody who's got a take on it. My guy, Mike Floria of Pro Football Talk. Uh, I'll get his thoughts on not only the Julio Jones trade, but also what's going on with these Packers. So Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, coming up next here on L.A. Gridiron Weekly on 710 ESPN.